Chapter 9 of Stories of the Wars of the Jews by Charlotte Maria Tucker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Cliff Stone of Sydney, Australia. Chapter 9 The Death of Judas Maccabeus. Expedition of Bacchides, Victories over Nicana, League with Rome, Death of Judas Maccabeus. The reign of the noble Judas was neither peaceful nor long. The year after that in which Antiochus and Lysias had besieged the temple, they were both defeated and slain by Demetrius Sota, a prince who aspired to the Syrian crown, 162 BC. The conqueror was no sooner established on the throne than a band of Jewish apostates came around him with bitter complaints against Judas. At their head was Alcimus, an unworthy high priest of the Jews who had been expelled by them with just indignation for his attachment to Grecian idolatries. Unappalled by the fate of the guilty Menelaus, this renegade sought the aid of a heathen monarch to reinstate him in the office of which he had been so justly deprived. The new king Demetrius, lending a willing ear to the complaints of the Jewish traitors, sent a large force under his general Bacchides to support the claims of Alcimus. This commander entered Judea without meeting with any apparent opposition, and placing Alcimus in power, with what he considered a sufficient force to protect him, Bacchides returned to the king. But the traitor Alcimus was unable to maintain himself in his dangerous position. He was forced again to seek aid from Demetrius, who again acceded to his prayer. The king sent Nicanor, a prince of high dignity, a man who bore deadly hatred towards Israel with a powerful force and the royal command to execute stern vengeance on the Jews. But again the Almighty gave victory to his people. Twice was Nicanor defeated by Judas, and in the second battle the heathen general was slain. Then, though but for a brief period, the harassed land of Judea had rest. Judas Maccabeus now looked around for some powerful ally who might aid him in the arduous struggle which the Jews had so long maintained single-handed against all their foes. He turned his eyes towards Rome, that mighty republic which was then advancing, step by step, to almost universal dominion. Judas sent an embassy to ask for the friendship and protection of Rome. His messengers were courteously received. The Romans entered into a league of peace and amity with a people whose heroic patriotism equaled their own, and agreed to aid the Jews by sea or by land, should Demetrius again dare to attack them. Little did Maccabeus foresee that the powerful heathen nation, whose alliance he sought, would at a future period prove a more dangerous foe to his country than Babylon, Egypt or Syria. Little did he foresee that Jerusalem would be trodden down by the Romans, her warriors slain, her people scattered through the earth, that through Rome she should behold her brave sons in fetters, her beautiful temple in flames. As little could he imagine that the crime for which the city of David should be given up to this fearful fate would be that of rejecting and murdering the Messiah, whose coming he, with all the faithful of Israel, awaited with hope and desire. Before his ambassadors returned from Rome, Judas Maccabeus, by a soldier's death, had closed his glorious career. Demetrius the king, hearing of the defeat and death of Nicanor, sent Bacchides a second time, accompanied by the traitor Alcimus to avenge his general and destroy Judas and his band of heroes. 
On the approach of the hostile force, a panic seemed to have seized upon the Jews, hitherto so full of faith and of courage. They remembered not the lesson which had been taught them by so many glorious triumphs, that victory is not always to the mighty, nor the battle to the strong. Silently they dispersed on every side, till their leader, deserted in his need, found that but eight hundred men remained beside him to encounter the Syrian hosts. Sore troubled and distressed in mind at the defection of those in whose fidelity he had confided, those whom he had so often led to victory, the lion spirit of the Jewish hero still roused itself to meet the danger. Let us arise and go up against our enemies, he cried, if peradventure we may be able to fight with them. But of that success of which he doubted, his followers despaired and urgently counselled flight. Judas, so long accustomed to conquer, indignantly refused to turn his back upon the foe. God forbid that I should flee from them, he exclaimed. If our time be come, let us die manfully for our brethren, and let us not stay in our honour. From morning till night raged the battle. Judas, charging the right wing of the enemy with irresistible impetuosity, carried all before him, and was hotter pursuit when the left wing came up to its aid. This changed the face of the conflict. Surrounded, hemmed in by masses of the foe, but bravely fighting on to the last, Judas Maccabeus, the heroic leader, fell, and the few faithful followers who survived the bloody struggle were compelled to retreat. The body of the hero was carried by Jonathan and Simon, his brothers, to the family sepulchre at Modin. Great were the lamentations and sorrow through Judea, as from town to town and village to village spread the tidings of the death of its prince. Many and bitter were the tears shed for the fall of Judas Maccabeus, and long was he mourned in the land for which his brave blood had been shed. End of chapter 9